David charging down the ice. He's got a step. He's in. Backhand. Score. A beauty. One year, one and a half year here, uh, get me more confidence. For sure, I'm stronger and faster, and I feel like I'm growing up for person and player a lot. Feels like I'm like ready to get the new step for the NHL. We could learn from what we went through, and everyone's pissed off about it. I think that's the best way to, to describe it. But there's a taste in everyone's mouth that's very, um, you know, that no one likes. We need to find a way to, to not have that taste. And, and we've had it four out of five years here, so we know we need to do better. Welcome to the Monday edition of Locked On Oilers podcast. It's April 12th. Trade deadline day has come and gone, and the Oilers were involved. They got in on the action, and uh, we'll get into all that with uh, Tommy Gazzola from TSN 1216, the Oil Stream podcast. We'll break down Kulikov trade, uh, talk uh, talk about the fa- the fans uh, up in arms about Taylor Hall and everything else the Oilers didn't do. <laughs> and we'll also look at that Hall deal and, and the other teams in the Canadian division that were busy uh, not just today but uh, on the weekend as well remember you can connect with me on twitter at hernan the man and at locked on orders and i am your host hernan salas from tsn 1216 the two guys in a goalie podcast today's episode is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 50 percent off your next order all right guys trade deadline day the orders are off till friday as they'll take on the vancouver canucks is supposed to go down uh we'll wait and see as there is another covet test within the Vancouver Canucks so um, still on for now but we'll we'll uh, update you throughout the week if anything changes the Edmonton Oilers did acquire defenseman Dmitry Kulikov from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for a 2022 conditional fourth round pick. It becomes a third if the Oilers win a playoff round. Dmitry Kulikov is a 30-year-old defenseman. He's played for the Florida Panthers, Buffalo Sabres, Winnipeg Jets, and Devils. He's a left shot, so he's definitely going to come in and take one of those spots. And I like the addition. It's uh, it's not the sexy, the attractive move, but it's a solid addition as he's going to come in and solidify that top four. I expect him to play with Larson. We'll get Tom's thoughts on that. Then you can leave Nurse Barry, and then you got Bear, and then you got the option of Chris Russell, Slater Cuckoo, who Ken Holland did say is uh, ahead of schedule, Caleb Jones or Willie Lagus. And remember, Russ can also play the right side as well. And uh, you also have Bouchard on the right. So a lot of options for the Edmonton Oilers. They went out and got a depth defenseman, a guy that plays a ton of minutes, was playing a lot in New Jersey, and he kills penalties. He's not going to put up a ton of points. His career high is 22 points back in uh, 2014-15. So he's a stay-at-home, similar to an Adam Morrison. So I'm intrigued if they if they pair him together and if they work out together because they're very similar. Uh, but Kenny Holland did say he can move the puck as well. He's, he's got a good first pass, but don't expect a lot of offense. He's here more to defend, play on the PK. And, and he brings uh, some veteran leadership to this team. And it's by all accounts, sounds like he's very excited to get to Edmonton. He won't play probably uh, here for a while, <laughs> probably the next four games. Ken Holland did allude to that as well. So um, the Edmonton Oilers was supposed to play Friday. They'll play for sure Saturday. And then they have uh, Monday and Wednesday games against the Montreal Canadiens here at home. And then the Oilers the following Monday against the Jets, the 26th of April. That's when you can expect uh, Mr. Dmitry Kulikov to 
to make his Edmonton Oilers uh, debut. As I now welcome in uh, Tommy Gazzola, the host on the pre and post game shows and also a co-host on the Oil Stream podcast with Dustin Nielsen. Tommy, we got some action today. It wasn't uh, as slow. Well, it was pretty slow, but we got some nice deals coming in late as well. And the Edmonton Oilers make one and uh, they bring in a defenseman as they acquire a veteran defenseman, Dmitry Kulikov from the Devils in exchange for a 2022 conditional fourth round pick becomes a third if the Oilers win a playoff round uh, this upcoming year. Uh, Tommy, I know this is a name you talked about on the All Stream. Um, you brought it up a few weeks ago, leading up to the deadline. Uh, what do you think of this acquisition by the Edmonton Oilers? It's pretty respectable. I mean, it's it's not a sexy acquisition, and mm-hmm. I, I know for whatever reason uh, the anticipation around town ramped up, and all of a sudden, even though you know us as the media were saying like, hey, the deadline is going to be kind of a dud this year. And it ultimately was. There's some, like you said, some deals that came in late and a few uh, notable moves, but it wasn't much compared to what we're normally used to. So the orders get Kulikov. We knew that a target would be a left shot, second pairing guy that's been around for a while and can give you some respectable minutes. Well, guess what? They got that. And, uh, it, you know, let's see how much it moves the needle. It creates depth. Yeah, he's automatically, I think he is the, the second best left shot defenseman on the team, not ripping into Chris Russell, who's had a steady season and not taking away from William Lagason or Caleb Jones. Those two are up and comers, but we've seen those two particularly go through some ups and downs. It's been a season of peaks and valleys for both of them. And, and that's what happens when you're just establishing yourself in the NHL. And then the other one is Slater Cuckoo, who we found out is uh, healing up and, and could be ready to go sooner than later. And he was uh, back on the ice practicing already on his own, which is a good sign. But I think Kulikov is probably a, a better fit right now and, and more useful playing 700 plus games already throughout his career than the other players that I just mentioned. And then, you know, if you slide down Chris Russell Hernan and you move him to the third pair and it's with Ethan Bear. All of a sudden, that that second pairing, if it's Larson and Kulikov, looks like a decent shutdown pair. It really does. Not not over the top amazing, but you look at that and go, yeah, okay, that's that's respectable. We were talking about it earlier as well, where it was kind of like, you know, it's it's as simple as pairing him with Larson. I think that's a really good fit. Larson's probably the guy that's played with almost everyone so far on the left side. Um, when you look ahead to the top six for the Edmonton Oilers, you got Barry Nurse, Tommy as your top pairing. You're probably going to have Kulikov with Larson, and that's a very nice pairing. Tough to play against guys that can kill penalties and, and take on the other team's um, one of their top two lines for sure. When you look at that third pairing, it's probably going to be Ethan Bear on the right. Um, for you, Tom, like let's say the playoffs are starting today uh, and the Oilers are heading into game one. Who are you putting there on the left side with him? Is it as simple as the veteran Chris Russell? I think so. Honestly, it is. And there's nothing against youthful exuberance and, and excitement, but let's not kid ourselves. Uh, Lagason and Jones haven't really wowed us. Have they, there hasn't been moments where, ju- where we're just like, boy, they are really, really taking that spot and making it their own. I, I don't feel like you and I have even discussed that on the post game show. We have said and pointed out, Hey, they had a good night or Lagason looked steady tonight or Jones looked like he had some jump in his game, made a few good plays, but that's, more rare those occurrences than us being like oh they got held back uh they were sub 10 minutes and um so i think when you have 
a guy like Russell that's been around for a really long time in the National Hockey League, still effective. I know he's not everybody's favorite around town, but anytime you have a, a guy that's been in the league for a decade and uh, the players love him and, and he does all the, the hard stuff and the stuff that hurts in a hockey game and he doesn't complain about it, um, and he's had that experience too, yeah, that you don't, you don't throw in a, a young up and comer just to get an old guy out of the lineup on a whim. Uh, you better have a damn good reason to. So yeah, I think it'll be Russell and bear in that third pairing. Um, and who knows? It could, it could change up too. What if Kulikov ends up playing better with bear built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones like caramel, brownie cookies and cream. And my personal favorite carrot cake, Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Tommy Gazzola, the host on the pre- and post-game shows. And you brought up that Kelly Holland uh, said that Slater Cuckoo's ahead of schedule. He could be ready to return uh, by the playoffs. So that's another left-shot option. And a guy that has played some playoff games, Tommy. So definitely interesting that. He did also add that uh, he wasn't close, uh, really close on acquiring another forward for this team, whether it be a top six guy or a bottom six guy, Tommy. I, I mean, I think me and you were kind of on the, we're in the same wavelength when it came to the orders and this trade deadline. We didn't think much would be done and we were correct. And, um, but what do you make of him saying that he wasn't close on that? Uh, him not being close on any deals. Yeah. It, this, this was a trade deadline where pretty much, at least two thirds of the GMs almost had their hands tied behind their back. And most of the, the, the big prominent deals involved a third party mm-hmm. using their cap space. And those are the teams generally that are not going to go anywhere in the postseason. And um, some, we saw Toronto load up, we saw Tampa load up Washington. And I mean, and, and Holland also kind of made this comment when he was saying that, um, that, that, you know, it wasn't really in on much. He also said you have to pick and choose the right moments to go all in. And he kind of did that last year with the Anasiu and, and Ennis and Mike Green. And, and it kind of blew up in, in the Oilers' faces. He admitted to it in a roundabout way. And let's not kid ourselves. That's what happened. I mean, COVID messed up the season when the Oilers were going really good. And then on top of that, when they came back in late July, early August, they completely laid an egg because they hadn't played in four months. And uh, you know, this, this ridiculously crazy pandemic was going on, but, uh, at least he was upfront about it. You know, uh, yeah. maybe the asking price was too much, or he didn't really like what was out there. And the, the list on the trade bait list, our TSN trade bait board has been bad. It's not a sexy list. Like, let's not kid ourselves that you look at that list and you go, well, there's a like three or four pretty nice names on there. And the rest is like, eh. I don't know if those guys are an upgrade over what they're using already right now. And the other thing too, and you know, I, I pointed out the what he said about Taylor Hall and said, no, the answer is no, when he was in on it. Um, and it was kind of interesting to hear him say too, he's like, I don't even know if I can answer that question yeah. when it was asked. <laughs> uh, but the reactions Hernan have been crazy. Oh. Like they've been all over the map and, there's some people that are saying, I'm done with this GM. Others are like, well, he basically didn't even try. And then others are going, thank God. And then people, some other people are going, why is this even something being reported on? It's because of the craziness around that player's name in this market that 
has been brought to the forefront by a vocal, vocal minority who got this idea in their mind and thought that this was a possibility. And, and he basically just squashed it and said, no, the answer is no. And I just, it, 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 it kind of echoes the, the thought process in regard to the whole list where it's like, you know, it, the deals were going to be tough to make given all the constraints most of these teams are going through. So, man, I, I don't even know, Hernan, and I'm sorry for bringing that up as an aside, but I don't even know how to describe the last couple of days in Oilers Twitter because it's like it's terrible. What, what happened? What happened to everybody? Like everybody lost their collective cool. It's 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 crazy. And you saw the Hall trade, and then everybody assuming that uh, that um, Kenny Holland didn't do anything. And listen, like Taylor Hall had no movement clause. He got to pick where he wanted to go. Kevin Adams even said that today, where it's like he, you know, Boston's somewhere I'd like to go. They made a deal work. Like and and everybody keeps throwing up these names. And and look what Tampa and Toronto did. Well, if it was that easy, Tom, the other twenty teams fighting for a playoff spot, guess. Guess what they would make three-way trades to for to yeah. allocate money and do all that and 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 the biggest thing for me if with Oilers fans I always I find it so funny it's just the other team's got to want what you're offering we can throw, <laughs> we can so throw and Turris and Chase on and we can throw Benson and Caleb but if the other team's like no I don't want those guys or I don't want James Neal he's old and he makes too much money and the thing that we're well he gave away picks last year well he went for it last yeah what everybody wanted him to do and no one knew this COVID this pandemic was coming so I'm with you, Tom. It's it's been really uh, it's it's I don't know if it's sad, but man, it's a little disturbing to see the uh, the vitriol that the Oilers Twitter uh, these last two days because of Taylor Hall. And listen, I don't think, and I think you're in the same boat. I don't think the Oilers are Stanley Cup contenders. I don't think Taylor Hall does he make the team better? Yeah, but I don't yep. think making to the Stanley Cup Finals. And people are like, you got to go for it now. You keep wasting years. Look at Ovechkin. How long did it take him to win? Look at Stamkos. How long did it yeah. take? Were they wasting their years? Right. Like Tampa didn't make the playoffs one year after going to the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> it's it's funny how it works sometimes. And then here's the other thing. Uh, Alexiak's name came up and people are just assuming, ah, you could just pry Alexiak out of Dallas. It's like, hang on a sec. They're <laughs> six points back of a playoff spot with three games in hand on Nashville. Don't you think that a team that went to the Stanley Cup final last year probably wants to give itself the best opportunity to make the playoffs again this this season? And, yeah. and it's just, it's little things like that seem to get lost on people or, or when people get swept up in the emotions of everything, um, those little details get thrown away or, or just yeah. brushed aside. And you're like, hey, remember this. And, and then, yeah, you're right about the last little while on the Twitterverse. Um, the vitriol that gets spat, <laughs> spat oh, out. You're just like, what happened to you? I'm just, you asked, I'm telling you what I think. You asked for the opinion. Here's what's, keep this in mind. Keep that in mind. This is why it probably won't happen. Ah, go to hell. You don't say what I want you to say. And Tom, you. I, think, I, I think you and I on the post game show throughout this season, I've said they're not going to be busy. It's just hard yeah. for the Oilers to, to really make an impact here and bring in a big player. Like everybody thinks it's just so easy and Ken Holland's just supposed to snap his fingers yeah. and these trades are going to happen for him. And listen, I get it, Tom. Like trades are fun. You always want your team to improve and go for it. But Tom, this team is doing pretty damn good this year. Why can't they win a round or two? Like, what, like it sounds like almost like because they didn't get Taylor Hall were set up for another rebuild and Kenny Holland was getting fired last night. Like right. it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, yeah, they're they're a good team. Like, that's that's the other thing on top of it. It's like they're fully entrenched in a postseason spot. They're fighting for home ice advantage. And <laughs> and it's like, no, still not good enough. Go no. to hell, everybody, unless we get what we want. And it's like, hang on. 
they have a chance to win every game that they play. They lay some eggs. They have some absolute stinkers. We saw one the other night is on a tough circumstance with the Colby cave celebration of life earlier yeah. in the day and the travel three and four nights, four and six nights going from East to West. Yeah. All of that, you know, factors in certainly and uh, good teams have bad games and that's what we saw, but it, it just to some it just it gets lost on them or they just get upset and they don't want to even consider all of the all of the full picture and and they just you know zoom in and focus in with a laser type focus on one thing and and go berserk if if it doesn't match what they're <laughs> thinking and you're just like hey we're talking about hockey here first of all yeah. secondly when you look at the big picture things are going pretty good yeah, exactly. And let's and we appreciate the passion. It's what makes our shows and our podcast great. And I was gonna say this: like they're nine points up on the Montreal Canadiens, who are in fourth. They're fifteen points up on the fifth place Calgary Flames, and we're still sitting here and we're not happy. Like this team, Tommy, they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, like, it, it's pretty much set. Like you said, they're look, they're trying to fight for home ice now. Uh, moving forward, what did you make of the Taylor Hall trade? I mean, do you do you like Boston as a fit, where he's going to be a secondary guy there? This guy's. He he wasn't shying away from it today when he met with the media saying like he was just a disastrous season in Buffalo and he's lacking confidence right now. But this guy's still a quality player. Uh, how do you see him making out there in Boston? Well, if, if he doesn't have to get all of the attention, he's going to get a ton of attention just because of who he is and the type of player he's been. He's having a horrible season uh, on an atrocious Buffalo Sabres team, but maybe this sparks him to become the Taylor Hall that we're used to seeing. And, and if he has like like Boston provides this, this tremendous amount of uh, high octane support offensively, defensively, whatever. That's a good team over there in Boston. And he can just slide in and be a part of the team and, and contribute, man. that's a good situation. All of a sudden you've got another dynamic weapon on that team and they could turn themselves into a bit of a beast in the East. And we'll see if they get the goaltending and, and their defense holds up, but um it's interesting. And it's funny too, like when you're not the guy uh, after being the guy for a long time, sometimes guys really embrace that opportunity where they can fly under the radar and, and it brings out a lot of good hockey from them because um, you know, the weight of the world isn't solely on their shoulders. So we'll see, maybe Taylor Hall likes that where, you know, Patrice Bergeron is, is a big dog there. Brad Marchand, David Krejci, Pasternak yeah. and, these guys are, are absolute rock stars in that market where Taylor Hall can come in and just kind of like, well, you know, I can, I can skate fast and zip a few pucks by the opposition <laughs> goalie. And you're going to still want to deal with Bergeron, Marchand and all those guys post game and they get all the headlines. That's just a okay. So it, it could be a, a pretty solid pickup and uh, in a East division or Eastern conference when, or however you want to describe it uh, when these teams make it to the postseason. That's going to be a team to watch and could make a lot of noise. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. The NHL is well underway, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore and get in on the action. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Probably just a few more here for you. Uh, North Division, we saw Toronto pick up Nick Foligno, Dave Riddich, um, Ben Hutton today. Winnipeg gets 
Jordy Ben. Montreal Canadiens get uh, Gustafson today. They lose Victor Mede on waivers. Calgary sends out um, Sam Bennett. Ottawa got rid of Gabranson, Riley. What did you make of the North Division? And is is Toronto the the team that's probably looking the best? <laughs> yeah, uh, they do. I mean, out of that trade deadline. Yeah, they do. So they're clearly going for it. Kyle Dubas sticking to his guns like he said he would. And um, like Ben Hutton, there's depth defenseman. That's that's a good you know, third pairing guy. I don't know how much he's going to play, but that's a good depth pickup. David Riddick, former all-star David Riddick. Hasn't particularly had a great season. I think goaltending is going to be a huge question mark for the Leafs in the postseason, And then their forwards are excellent. That's a balanced, balanced group with some high, high octane talent and good veteran leadership and presence. They have a lot of good elements, Hernan, and, and, you know, they're pretty much set to cruise to first place in the division. But, but the other thing, too, is I, I think we're still going to see chaos in the playoffs in the North because yeah. these teams on any given night can beat one another. And, you know, I, I feel like now we're going to start talking about this more and more with us being a month away, just over a month away from the postseason is uh, teams, when they finally get to the postseason, adjusting their style. And whichever team can make the best adjustments and the most effective ones, I think, comes out of it. Like the Oilers, if they end up playing Toronto or Montreal at some point, I feel like they're going to have to change the way they approach those teams because – as we've witnessed, those two teams have kind of had the Oilers number all season. Sam Bennett, uh, you think he finds his game there in, in Florida? I know we talked earlier on the two guys, and it's kind of a nice move. I mean, he's going to be a bottom six guy there under a new coach. He's going to get, you know, a fresh start. Uh, and this guy is a good player. I mean, he just fell out of favor there in uh, Calgary. But Sam Bennett to Florida is an interesting one. It is. And maybe that that whole weight of the world coming off your shoulders and the mental burden and everything that went on in Calgary for Sam Bennett, now that's gone, right? Uh, fresh start, new coach. They they want him there and new teammates, and uh, it'll benefit him. I don't know how he's going to do, but the other thing that's interesting with him is I know there was talks, especially going into this year, where he wanted to play in the top six and wasn't happy that he wasn't getting top six minutes and opportunities. And um, maybe he has to come to the realization that you know he's going to be the most effective in his career if he is to have a long one playing in a bottom six or middle six role and Mm -hmm. and if that's something that he accepts and this new opportunity presented to him with the florida panthers uh maybe maybe he just excels in that role knowing all right this is me at the nhl level this is my identity let me build on it and just turn it into a really solid career and he does have offensive ability and he can be a really effective player. He's great in the postseason, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And, and maybe just the the change of scenery will will go a long way for him. So we'll see. But now that that saga is over, uh, you know, we're going to watch the Calgary Flames with uh, <laughs> probably a nice big bowl of popcorn this offseason. Tommy, I'll ask you this. Uh, in one word, uh, Oilers trade deadline today. I said content um, in, because I am. In one word? Uh, yeah expected 
okay. about that. Yeah, I think that's what, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I think that's what we got from one of the boys earlier. Oilers, <laughs> yeah. last one here for you, Tommy. 14 games left. Uh, Friday, Saturday. Well, we'll see Friday because uh, another COVID case there in Vancouver. Um, we'll see what, yeah. what's going on there. But uh, we'll probably see Kulikov. Uh, I think in th- they'll play four games and then he'll come in, I think, on the 26th just because of quarantine and all that uh, stuff. But oh, 14 games for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, Tommy. What what do you see here? Like, what's the magic number for them to be, boom, right there into a playoff spot? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, I'm sure we're going to see it, what, in the next five or six games if these teams can lock up these playoff positions. I mean, Calgary, if they continue to struggle, although they got that win on Saturday over the Oilers. Um, I'd like to see in 14 games, I'd like to see eight wins, you know? And, and I feel like we're probably going to hear Dave Tippett talking about um, preparing to play in the postseason, and he might try some some things and try to find ways to wrinkle out or iron out some of the wrinkles when it comes to habits and structure and system play. I think that that's kind of the way it's going to go down the stretch here. And and if they can find a good rhythm, if they can get eight wins of the 14, I think that's a pretty good stretch. And then put yourself into a good position to, to play whoever you're going to play. It looks like it'll probably be Winnipeg and Anything can happen in that matchup, but the Oilers have a few games left against the Jets. They've had success against the Jets this year, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Them in Winnipeg picking up Jordy Ben doesn't overly convince me that, uh, that they're <laughs> over the top and, and all of a sudden contenders either in Winnipeg, even though that's a damn good team. Yeah, so eight more wins would give him 68 points, Tommy, and then, uh, yeah, they, they would definitely be in. And like you said, it's looking more and more as uh, the season rolls on that going to be Jets, Oilers, and we'll see who gets the the home ice and all that. Tommy, like always, great stuff on trade deadline day. A lot slower. It was a different time this year with, with COVID and everything, but nonetheless, it was fun and great job by everybody involved. And uh, hopefully the Oilers fans out there, uh, not all of them, some of them simmer down here a bit. <laughs> Enjoy that their team's going to go to the playoffs and, and hopefully they can go on a bit of a run here. But Tommy, like always, great stuff, my friend. Thank you, Hernan. Always great to be on with you. And remember, Oilers fans, you have a good team still. Big shout out to Tommy Gazzola for joining me here to break down trade deadline day. The Edmonton Oilers made one move acquiring Dmitry Kulikov, a 30-year-old left shot defenseman from the New Jersey Devils. I like it. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at Hernan the Man and at Locked On Oilers. Uh, do, you, do you like the move? Uh, I mean, there's why wouldn't you? It just makes no sense if you're not, uh, if you're not down with that. Uh, let's get to the trades of the day outside of the order ones. Uh, Vancouver Canucks sent Adam Gaudet to the Blackhawks for Matthew Highmore. Uh, I'll read the big ones here. Uh, the Golden Knights get Matthias Janmark, NA 2022 fifth rounder, and uh, going back to the Blackhawks, 2021 second round, and 2022 third round pick. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche get Carl Soderberg from the Blackhawks for Ryder Rolston and Josh Dickinson. Sam Bennett, we talked about him. He heads to the Florida Panthers along with a 2022 sixth round pick for Emil Heinemann and a 2022 second round pick. So the Flames uh, finally, Bennett is moved as uh, was in a pretty relationship this season. Montreal Canadiens acquire Eric Gustafson from the Flyers for a seventh round pick in 2022. Ben Hutton to the Leafs for a 2022 fifth round pick from the Anaheim Ducks. And the Ottawa Senators ship off uh, Eric Goodbranson to the Nashville Predators for a prospect and a pick in 2023. Alexander Barabanov goes from the Leafs to the Sharks for Antti Sumela. Hayden Fleury leaves Carolina as he's heading to Anaheim in return the 
Carolina Hurricanes get a prospect and a six-round pick this year. Michael Raffle heads to the Washington Capitals for a fifth, and uh, Jordy Ben joins the Winnipeg Jets. Vancouver gets a six-round pick, and the big move of the day, Anthony Manta from the Red Wings to the Capitals in exchange for Jacob Vrana, Richard Panic, a 2021 first-rounder and a 2022 second-rounder. That came in very late. Uh, that's the big deal of the day. Of course, Taylor Hall and Lazar head to the Bruins, and the return was a second-round pick in Anders Bjork. So a lot of moving parts, not as busy as the other years, of course, were in these uh, COVID times, so a lot slower when it came to the trade market. But uh, all in all, some some exciting trades for sure. And Washington, Toronto, you got to think, uh, yeah, they, they hit it out of the park. Well, Detroit got a nice return. Vran is a hell of a player, and you get a first-rounder as well out of it. Panic's a good depth, guys. And Oilers fans are not happy. Uh, this team is still good. They can still make a run. They can still win a playoff uh, series. I, I don't know why everybody thinks it's the end of the world because they didn't get a stud uh, forward. If you pay attention or know how uh, <laughs> all this works, it wasn't going to be easy for the Oilers. It wasn't. And uh, they're going to have a ton of money in the offseason. And uh, we'll see how this team is in September. I think it's going to be vastly improved. We'll see what happens with Larson, Barry, and Nuge, of course. But they're going to have some money and they're going to be able to uh, fill some holes here. So don't, it's not, it's not all doom and gloom, Oilers fans. Yeah, this team is still good. You still have Connor and and Leon Drysaddle. You still have two of the high-scoring defensemen right now in the NHL, and you have a goalie, uh, an old guy, but he's playing lights out right now. Outside of that game on Saturday, of course, but yeah, keep the faith. This team can still do some damage in the playoffs. I think we can all agree that this is not a Stanley Cup contending team, at least not yet, and stop saying wasting years because look at other superstars how long they waited. So the important thing here is this team for the second year in a row, and don't bring up all qualifying. The NHL counted it as playoffs. It's playoffs. The Oilers were second in the division on the COVID stoppage. So the good thing is here, this team is trending in the right direction. They're going to make playoffs for two straight seasons, something they haven't done since the 2000-2001 season. Be happy, Oilers fans. The best move might be the one they didn't make in, in going out and, and spending a first uh, for a rental. So I know it's I know it's not sexy and it's always fun when your team adds a lot, but um, they're going to do it in the summer. And, and next year, if they're again in a playoff spot come trade deadline, they will be active. So keep it positive out there. All right, guys, this has been the Locked On Oilers podcast. Oh, and one more thing, guys. Of course, we cannot forget. It is uh, Mr. Ryan Nugent Hopkins' birthday. Happy birthday! Woo! <laughs> So big happy birthday to Ryan Nugent Hopkins today. Hopefully he's back in the lineup come this weekend. He is deeply missed. Uh, you've seen the last two games, what this team kind of looks like uh, without him. So uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, hopefully he's not all too much longer, but a big happy birthday to the Nugent. All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in to this edition. A little late because we wanted to wait for the trade deadline, obviously, to pass. So we didn't want to miss anything. Uh, but once again, hit me up on Twitter at Hernan the Man and at Locked On Orders. Tell me, what did you think the Kulukov deal? Do you like it? I can't see why you wouldn't i know it's not what you wanted but it's still a pretty good solid addition for the edmonton owners don't forget to download and subscribe on your favorite apps for all the latest episodes we'll be back tomorrow talking more edmonton owners and we'll go around the nhl for my producer juanito and the locked on Oilers podcast i am hernan the man talking los petroleros enjoy the rest of your monday chat tomorrow